podcast by Agile Coaching Roundtable ACRT. This is a conversational and interview-based podcast channel where we interview agile practitioners, trainers, and coaches that share their experience, wisdom, and insights regarding all things agile. Hi, I'm Ramya Shastri. I'm Vivek Kuntoji. We, we are your host for the podcast by ACRT. So let's begin. first episode we have anthony zavlis as our guest today anthony is an agile and devops coach he helps teams and organizations build a culture of trust he is a flag bearer of psychological safety in teams and he is also a coach who coaches to bring back the humanity in teams anthony first of all thank you so much for agreeing to do this podcast with us you are our first guest speaker. Oh, thanks for thanks for having me. Appreciate it, Ramin. So, starting with maybe uh, with discussing on uh, your journey, uh, Anthony. So, would you like to share your thoughts or? Uh, your process of getting from the fashion industry into IT industry. Oh my God, that's bringing it way back. <laughs> that was a long time ago. Um, so approximately 18 years ago, uh, I was I was in fashion, and I spent probably close to a decade in fashion. Um, I had my own label. Me and my wife we sold to boutiques across North America. And we're running a successful business. Uh, we are creating our own label, so uh, everything was manufactured here in Canada. Um, I, I was behind not only the men's line, but a lot of the production parts of the business. Um, so you could say it was uh, entry level into project management, if you will. <laughs> so. Um, so after after being in the industry for so long, um, there came a time here in Canada where free trade came into play. And so now people who are manufacturing clothes could bring in garments that were created uh, in China. And this allowed people to bring it in for cheaper prices. Due to this, it caused the industry to implode. So all the manufacturers, uh, people that were creating fabrics, so fabric mills, uh, notion suppliers, they all went belly up. So there was no, there was no real industry uh, within Canada. So me and my wife, uh, we wrote it out as long as we could until there was there came a point where we just couldn't do it anymore and got to the point where we were broke we we're flat broke uh, it was me her my son and there came a point in time where i was like i can't i can't live like this anymore and i can't allow my family to live like this anymore so ironically the next day when i had this insight friend of mine came to me and told me how much money he was making in tech and he said Anthony you know I'm I'm doing this on my own and I need a database administrator 
do you know anything about databases? I said, give me a week. I'll figure it out. <laughs> so I went, uh, I went looking for tutorials on how to work with databases. And sure enough, I couldn't find much other than ebooks online. So I, I said, I, I have to learn this somehow because all I heard from my friend was databases and making a lot of money. So I figure that will ease the pain of me having to feed my family. So I decided that I was, I was going to go back to school. And so I turned to my wife and said, I'm going back to school. Took out a $20,000 loan at the time and um, I enrolled. And, um, you know, that was my entry into tech. And uh, a year later, after coming out of my program, uh, it was a database administrator program, I learned a lot about databases, uh, Oracle, SQL Server, uh, and a lot about Unix and Linux. Unix was big at the time, especially for databases in highly compliant environments like the bank. And sure enough, six months later, after my graduation, I got my first job as a Unix administrator at Citigroup. And so wow. that was my that was my entry into tech. That is that is quite inspiring journey, I would say, Anthony. But uh, was it always that you were uh, more inclined towards tech, and uh, the only option uh, that you felt uh, moving away from fashion industry was? Since you had the liking for tech, or it was more towards uh, the byproduct, that is uh, the dollars you get across. For me, it, you know, I'll, I'll be honest. I got into tech for the money because, like I said, at the time I was broke. So getting getting that paycheck that I knew was going to be was going to sustain my family living was amazing um there was actually a time and i'll never forget this moment about a month into my job i called up my wife after i received my pay stub i said honey i feel like i'm winning the lottery every two weeks <laughs> because i at the time I, i never made that much money from you know because before i was an entrepreneur and you know being an entrepreneur it's it requires a lot of hours a lot of effort so this was uh i guess i was you know reaping the fruits of my nature uh of of my um of my efforts so i wasn't working as hard i was you know more of a knowledge worker as opposed to you know working with my hands and that just it blew my mind I, i was i was so amazed at you know the the possibilities of learning something new and making more money because of it so you know to in short vivek to answer your question it was uh it was originally about the money it was it was a means to an end okay so then from a database why you chose scrum master why becoming a, a coach why agile really great question uh and that was uh, 
it, it was a long journey to uh, to being an agile practitioner. Um, you know, I was I was a systems administrator for approximately nine years, and then I moved into cloud. Um, I did a lot of cloud engineering, DevOps engineering, and a lot of training. So what had happened was when I got into cloud training, I started to really love learning new skills. And as I started to teach it, I I was in a consultancy at the time and I observed coaching in the wild. And it blew my mind. I was like, wow, this is exactly what I want to do. So as I was going through the motions of um, of training people, I decided that in the evenings and weekends, I'm going to do I'm going to study coaching. And so I took a, a year long coaching program in order to to learn how to become a coach. And with that, I I decided to basically open up my own business. And I was I was going to start as a coach, but that's when COVID hit. So that you know, as you probably have experienced, uh, both Vivek and Ramya, that that time uh, everyone's laying off coaches or we're not hiring coaches at all. So. Yeah, so I, I had to to go back to training for a little bit and through creating training courses on my own for a couple of years, things were things started to get better and I felt that I needed that team environment again. So I, I started looking for a job as a solutions architect because it was an easy way for me to get back into the industry in order to eventually get back into coaching. So, but as I started to look towards getting a job as a solutions architect, I realized that a lot of people were demanding coding. Now, I'm not very good at coding nor do I enjoy it. And it wasn't nor do something I. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't something that I wanted to wake up every morning thinking about doing. And you know, I've I've had a lot of people tell me, well, you know, solutions architects aren't supposed to code, but in this day and age, it's it's a necessity. So, I started to look at what other roles can I take on that are tech adjacent but still use my technical skill set and this is where I found the scrum master role for accountability and I couldn't believe my eyes I I literally thought it was a joke I was like there's no way that this is an actual role because it the <laughs> The values aligned with my personal values uh, of Scrum. Um, I was, uh, I've been training, so no big deal. Facilitation had that covered too. And, you know, coaching and mentoring, well, it was in my blood. So 
so I said, you know, I, I have to give this a go. And I went out, got my CSM, and then I was like, like every Scrum Master, every new Scrum Master, now what? What do I do? And I came upon that roadblock that most Scrum Masters come into when they first get into the industry. It's like, okay, well, I don't have the background. I don't have the uh, skill sets of a Scrum Master. At least I didn't think I did. And because I wasn't out in the industry working, I didn't have that. I worked in Scrum, but as a developer, not as a, as a Scrum Master. And so I, I had um, I had a couple of interviews, and it didn't really go well. And so finally I said, you know what? I am going to be vulnerable, and I'm going to put out a post on LinkedIn. And so when I did that, that post hit like close to 80,000 views, and there was a lot of people reaching out to me. Um, just people from all over the industry and I really took advantage of my network, my community to to see if they could help me get a job. So sure enough, my boss's boss from my very first tech job back at, back at Citigroup had reached out to me and said, Anthony, give me your resume and let's see if we can find you a job. Amazing. And so when when he reached out and got my resume, he in turn sent an email to his AVPs and after 10 interviews with three different teams in 3 weeks I landed at my very first scrum master job. Okay, so there was a very important point, Anthony, that you mentioned uh, being vulnerable. Do you think that is a required emotion, or if, as a scrum master, do we really need that 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 uh, part of an emotion to be you know successful as a scrum master? Absolutely, and I I first thought you know. How should this be a part of what it is that I do? And when I started rereading the Scrum Guide over and over again, I started to realize, well, we're team leaders. So we need to lead by example, be a role model. So I found that the more vulnerable I was, I started doing mini experiments to, to see if I was vulnerable, how does my team react to that? And so I started doing more of it and, and I saw positive effects. I saw positive outcomes. So I started doing it more and more and realized that it started to open up the team to feel safe, to build that trust um, because I was leading by example. And when people see others, especially in a team environment, when people see others being just as vulnerable, then they start to open up as well. And sure enough, 
it opened up the team to to be very trusting uh and you know my my team is so great um sorry not, i try to correct myself i i don't like to say my team um even though people know that i'm part of the team but i i like to say the the team that i work with amazing yeah that was such a uh, wonderful journey anthony and uh, thank you so much for sharing that journey with us and before we let you go we have one uh, bonus thing uh, we want one bonus thing from you if you sure. could give some tips or suggestions to our listeners who aspire to be a scrum master that would really help our listeners to prepare themselves to become a scrum master um great question i mean there there's a a ton of things that i could go through but um one of the main ones i would have to say is leverage your network leverage your 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 online network your offline network um there's such a huge community that can not only guide you to finding answers you know after you get your first job or if you're getting your first job there's a lot of people that can give you great advice on how to how to move forward next steps to take you know getting that new job and on top of that if you are visible on social media that will also give you an upper hand to show that hey I'm visible Uh, I'm learning. I'm available, and that I found has also helped not just me but many other scrum masters in the industry. So don't neglect your network. Always be visible, um, even if it is just you know going out to LinkedIn and commenting on your favorite authors. Uh, that's that's something I always recommend people doing because it's um it's an easy way in. as as opposed to posting every day which eventually you want to get to so okay so uh what difference or what is the change in dynamics that you see as of today compared to when you started as a scrum master and what you see a difference today uh, you know when people when anyone who would aspire to become a scrum master or maybe what where what did you realize maybe i would have known this much earlier this would have helped me you know do well uh, back then yeah that's that's a great question because there's a lot of um there's a lot of talk around that in social media now where newer scrum masters um are coming into the industry not knowing anything anything about scrum mastery or scrum at all and they see it as an entry into into tech now unfortunately because the way that scrum has been implemented around the world you see a lot of organizations implementing it wrong or um a lot of anti anti patterns because of this and this is causing the industry to push back to say we want 
scrum masters that know their stuff, so seasoned scrum masters, whether or not you have at least a year or two of of understanding and skills, and even even working into the technical. So, I mean, you don't know you don't necessarily have to know how to build or how to build something, but at least understand what your team is doing so that you're able to coach them through their challenges when it comes to those technical difficulties. So from what I understand or understood back when I was a scrum master, it was an easier time to get in, but now people are demanding a lot higher skill sets, um, some technical background, some sort of technical background. And, um, and yeah, so for those new scrum masters, I would, I would recommend to go to your nearest church or, um, some business that, that needs scrum and see if you can apply it there and get some experience. Um, non-for-profits are perfect for that, specifically since they're always looking for better ways to, uh, to be more agile and to be, um, to be more organized. So take the time, learn it, and, uh, and this will be your entry into Scrum Mastery. Otherwise, it's, it's, um, it's going to be a lot more difficult. You know, gone are the times where you could just get in and just start. That was a great tip, uh, Anthony. Uh, applying Scrum uh, outside of the uh, professional uh, world. I hope uh, these tips uh, would be taken seriously by our listeners. And thank you so much for sharing your journey, those great tips with the listeners. And thank you so much once again for doing this uh, uh, for us. Thank you so much, Ramya and Vivek. Appreciate it. Thank you so much, listeners, for listening to us patiently. We will meet you again with new episode. Till then, if you like this podcast, please do like, share and subscribe to our podcast channel, The Podcast by ACRT.